Because of the coronavirus epidemic and to respect social distancing guidelines, this episode of Civil Politics was recorded remotely over Zoom. Good evening, and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm still Michael Dow, and I'm hosting tonight along with John Roberts and Sue Timberlake. Hello. Hey there. <laughs> Happy second impeachment day, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, we're recording sort of this. Like once, in a, once in a blue moon. We've had and, you know, multiple blue moons, apparently. <laughs> well, yeah, a blue yeah. moon just, yeah, is just so. the second full moon of any calendar month. Oh. Second impeachment of the same presidency, I think, should be a blue, I don't know, presidency or something. Yeah, he's, he's maybe Trump term anyway, um, a term blue. Anyway. Blue insurgency? I don't know. Oh, God. <laughs> we don't need that. <laughs> a blue coup. Yes, there you go. Uh, bless you. So uh, we would love to hear from our listeners, and you can get in touch with us in a few different ways. We are civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org, at civilpoliticsfm on Twitter, and facebook.com slash civilpoliticsradio is our community there. We do also have our own special website, which has links to uh, – uh, sorry, recordings of every episode of the show uh, we've done, plus some supplemental episodes – Links to things we talk about and other good stuff. Uh, yeah. And we, I guess, are going to be talking about the impeachment tonight. Uh, as we record this, the uh, uh, after three days, the uh, House impeachment managers have finished their presentation, I believe. So mm-hmm. I think tomorrow, uh, President Trump's or He's not president anymore. So Mr. Trump's lawyers, such as they are, will uh, get to present their rebuttal tomorrow. Uh, I don't know how long they're going to take, but I wouldn't be surprised if we go to votes uh, uh, to the to the Senate voting on the uh, on the sole count of the indictment uh, or impeachment, uh, you know, by the weekend. Who knows? Do they each have eight hours? Do you know? I think there was a time limit, right? Each had some number of hours. I, I think they uh, have equal time, yes. The yeah. the thing is that they are saying that they will only need tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well I heard their argument. Did you hear did you hear anything today on their argument? The will I surprise you with it? Their the, argument the, is that it's yeah. the Republicans' argument. Um, you know, obviously about, you know, you can't tie his words and he said peaceful and all that, even though he only mm-hmm. said it once. But but their their main thrust is that that the Democrats um hired a publicity company and they made a made for TV movie. Right. And that's why it was so compelling. It's like, whoa. <laughs> Those were the videotapes from 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 the event. I mean honestly you know, unedited. Yeah. They were the they were the tapes from the event. I just thought that was such a weak argument. In other words, the Democrats hired a professional to uh, make sure that their presentation was organized, conccise, and effective. Yeah, gee, I can yeah. I can you see can actually, why. <laughs> you're, you're <the laughs> so well, you know, you always you always criticize the process if you can't criticize the facts. So, I think that's sort of sums up my my Republican Party side. 
By the oh, way, um, the his his impeachment attorneys, his defense is uh, David uh, Schoen and Bruce Castor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was Schoen that actually made that argument today. Excellent. That it was, you know, that they, they hired Hollywood people. And of course, it was compelling. So, Implication being not I factual. Forget, I forget which one it was. I think it was Mr. Castor who, uh, when he was a district attorney in Pennsylvania, refused to pursue charges against Bill Cosby for his crimes. Yep. Oh, so. interesting. Yep. So, well, there's one of the, one of them that's a medical malpractice lawyer, and um, and uh, I think it's that fellow. I think it's Castor, the one that was rambling in the opening. Wasn't it Castor that was so rambly in the opening that everybody criticized him? Oh yes, I think so. Yeah, yeah, and his whole world is, um, you know, ambulance chasing. So he can yeah. be bought. Um. Shown it actually uh, represented Roger Stone during the Mueller investigation, and briefly Jeffrey Epstein before his death. So yeah. we got some winners. And well, I think Shown's a well. Everybody deserves player, an attorney, yeah. but yeah, those those aren't exactly the clients you're going to be proud of. And yeah. say, hey, mom, guess yeah. who I represented? Yeah, I don't think that it was it, that he did it under duress or anything. Like, oh, I, like because because everybody needs somebody an needs to. Like, yeah. that's not. I I highly doubt that's what his. Maybe he was in what's her name Giselle's black book. So. Oh, Galena. <gasps> Galena Maxwell. Yeah. Yeah, Maxwell. <sighs> so the, don't you so, yeah. don't you wonder who's in that in that long in that black book? Don't you wonder who the long list of male politicians are that are in that book? So that's my feminism I, coming out. I honestly, that's not feminism. That's just talking about jerks. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's honestly, not- <laughs> I I don't think about it much, but yeah, you know, there's I'm sure there's lots of dirty secrets that need to come out, um, like Prince yeah. Andrew, and yeah. Ugh. Uh, so yeah, the um the, the defense has said that they will only need tomorrow. They are probably going to talk about how uh the how he's being maligned, how he's getting how he's getting uh uh attacked Railroaded. for just things what he said, and uh how he can't control like what other people do or something like that. I know that they're going to start a lot of what about is I'm like, well, what about this? And, you know, this person didn't get fired or whatever, you know? Um, yeah. And yeah, just, just disgusting. Do you think stuff. they'll say the word free speech? Oh, oh God. Yeah. Over and over. <laughs> yeah. 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 They, <laughs> they need to, basically what they need to do is give the Republican senators enough cover. Like they need to give them enough reason to, to vote against uh, because they don't have any, and they don't have any right now. Yeah. Well, I thought the process article uh, argument was pretty good. You know, the process as in he can't be impeached because he's no longer president. But he and was then, impeached uh, when he was president. Well, that's what I was going to say. More recently, some oh. of the scholars have said, yeah, technically he was. I thought that was a great line. I mean, I thought that was pretty, you know, creative. So. Well, also there is there, there is ample precedent that one can indeed be impeached and and the, the impeachment trial can proceed after one has left office. There have been a couple of instances of that happening. Belknap. That I'm yeah, Belknap. Yeah, and- famously. But also there's another fellow whose name I'm forgetting right now, but he was actually uh, uh, impeached. Didn't he quit? After he, he- after, yeah, but he – no, not Belknap. 
this is someone else who uh, yeah, was no, I know. Imp- let me finish who was impeached and uh, the trial was actually held and presided over by Thomas Jefferson. So, you know, the trial in the Senate was presided over by those yeah. actual, you know, founders of the country. So like the whole idea that like, well, this isn't what the founders had in mind. It's like, well, clearly it is because they did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's a good one. That's a good argument. There is another argument about how uh, impeachment and uh, conviction for, from impeachment is uh, to remove someone and he's not present anymore. So we can't be removed, but that's not the only thing about impeachment it's removal and barring from serving again exactly so they can't remove him but it's there are multiple like multiple consequences attached to getting uh convicted of impeachment from an impeachment so shut up (laughs) (laughs) yeah if if impeachment equals indictment is um, what the Senate does, is that conviction? So if yes. they actually do it, yeah. he's convicted. The House impeached, the Senate must convict. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but notice that uh, if the Senate convicts, all that happens is if he were in office, he'd be removed. And the Senate can also bar him from holding any office in the federal government. Yeah. Which is the point right now. Right. And and those are – that. that's it. And – well, it doesn't look good. It none of these carry any kind of criminal penalty or anything like that. So you know, this isn't a ma- this isn't the same thing as a criminal trial, which makes uh, any arguments about due process weaker. It doesn't make certainly. sense. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there is a process, and certainly. Uh, you know, it would be flagrantly unfair if the president wasn't sorry, if former President Trump wasn't allowed to present his arguments, but he is and he can. And, you know, he, yeah. So I, 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 I don't think there's uh, I don't think there's a lot to, to say about that. Yeah. Beyond, They're going to that's yeah. going to be part of their defense, too. They're going to say they like the it was rushed through and he didn't get to have any like he he didn't get there were no uh committee meetings and we weren't able to refute any of the evidence presented and it's like that no that's your job right now yep well you know what drove me crazy on the first impeachment was that the my my folks were saying oh he's not allowed to bring witnesses in the indictment and it's like right (laughs) you bring the witnesses when you're defending yourself in the trial it was it was so bizarre they kept doing that and everybody's like well yeah you should be able to bring witnesses and do all that in the indictment it's like no you're supposed to do that in the trial yeah Yeah. in in comparison to how criminal justice works the house was functioning kind of like a grand jury and grand jury they decide what they want to see yes right yeah it was it was it was so disingenuous because all the lawyers knew that that was a fabricated argument yeah, but how many lawyers are in Congress? I mean, just a couple. <laughs> they you all know. are. They all are. <laughs> well, That's not all the of them. That's the problem with Congress. That's the problem with Congress. They know how to write laws. They don't know how to do stuff. So. I, I, I mean, there are a lot of people in Congress, especially in the House, that aren't lawyers. And plus, sure. like – There's some doctors. Of, There's a yeah. crappy football coach. Uh, I don't know. A few teachers. <laughs> 
yeah. you know, like any farmers. I, I'm looking for farmers to set there's us. There's a straight. bartender. <laughs> um, oh, well, Castillo well, Cortez, yeah. right? Well, I guess by farmer, do you mean someone who owns a farm? Because I think a number of uh, people in Congress, especially from Western states, own property that's considered a farm because it's also good for their taxes. But I don't know if yeah. they are, you know, simple hewers of the land, yeah. you know. Like Adams was, like John Adams. Right. Yeah. Like in that that HBO series, I, I was watching some of it recently, and just there's this whole scene where he's, you know, or Paul Giamatti, you know, as John Adams is explaining to his son, like, the importance of exactly what kind of manure you're using and it's like, you know, and how it feels. And it's like, oh, dude, you know, you're still talking about <laughs> crap and put getting crap in your hands. Like, like <laughs> that's just... That's gross. I mean, yes, it's probably good for farming, but in the end, you know, like it's it's still crap. <laughs> Just so you guys know, um, forty in twenty eighteen. Uh, this is the only. This is the number I could find quickly. Forty yep. percent of the current con- of the Congress in twenty eighteen had attended law school. Fifty four percent of senators and thirty seven percent of House members have a law degree. Third. Mm. Oh, okay. So forty percent of Congress. So, uh, but senators are more likely to have a law degree or attend law school. So, and it's certainly not a bad thing for lawmakers to be familiar with laws, but yeah, it is by no means. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I my father, as I've mentioned from time to time, was an investment banker, and he never had any kind of economics degree. And he didn't really – he didn't study economics except for sort of a general survey course you know, on the basics when he was in business school, and that's it. And he did pretty darn well uh, at his job, and you know, the fact that he didn't have you know, any kind of advanced understanding of economic theory in no way, shape, or form impeded him. So you know, clearly <laughs> clearly not – you know, the formal training is by no means essential for any of these jobs, really, except for something scientific, I suppose, scientific and technical. Yeah. You know. I kind of believe in the, um, well, I probably have uh, too many degrees. Um, I, I really like people yeah, that, like four, that crafts, right? the craftsman um, model, you know, where you do an apprenticeship and you actually learn, learn something tangible. Yeah. And, I, yeah. I kind of <laughs> like that. I, I find that much more. Sometimes I, I wish that I had that I had that opportunity, honestly. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think brief- that's what's going to save us, you know, people who actually know how to do things. <clears throat> I well, agree, hold on, but hold on. brief historical digression. In point of fact, that's <laughs> what your college degree is. Your baccalaureate means you've completed your apprenticeship and you've entered your journeyman stage. And then <laughs> if you go on from there and you complete your master's, that's that's from the old guild term you know university was latin for guild universitas so your baccalaureate your you finish your apprenticeship you masters you're now a master in the thing the whole phd thing came along in like the uh 18th or 19th century and was a sort of a german invention the sort of a formal degree to say you have a doctorate whereas before that doctor was simply like a an honorific or whatever an informal term you know meaning most learned Right. So. Did you know that a law degree is actually a bachelor's? That after a law degree, the next step is a master's. That they actually inverted it because people, lawyers, there was a concern that they didn't, because it's just a bachelor's degree, a law degree, that it didn't carry enough weight. So they changed that to a JD. And after the JD, you get the master's. 
it's so bizarre. That is that is weird. So if I if, if yes. one goes to law school and completes your, gets your you know your law degree and whatnot, you're yeah, automatically which they changed a JD. to a JD. Yeah, that's but that's what surprising. they they yeah. inverted it. They they changed the bachelor's to a JD and then. Well, I mean, you know, sort of it, like should a dental a, degree it should be a master's. BDS. You know, get your well, undergraduate, get it, a master's. Then, if you want to go crazy, you can get a doctor. But whatever, so we're getting far afield. We here. are. I, I do want to <laughs> push back on something that Sue said before, uh, and it's something Uh-oh. that that some that people say a lot that that I I just want to touch on um, people that know how to do things. Like, the, I know you're talking about like craftsmen. Um, yeah. And that's what in uh, or when people say not not you, but just in general, when people say they work for a living or something like that, it's like if you're if you're uh, like in a cubicle farm or something, you're working, you're you're not building anything, you're not you're not like front line or anything, but it's still an important job to like file papers <laughs> you know it like you're still like when i was uh i'm trying not to laugh but i mean <laughs> i'm saying in a funny we, way I think but we like, make a lot of, yeah i think we make a lot of work that is is not oh totally i'm not saying that yeah. those jobs like like they're the the uh the, where we put our effort is one thing but the um but how we but people putting in effort and people putting in work like when i worked at um at a uh, a doctor's office and i was doing it i like that wouldn't be really a craftsman job you know there was a lot of research and uh customer service and things like that just talking to people and explaining things to people that was hard work it was it was exhausting yep. And that wouldn't really be counted as like working for a living. So it's like, I just like, that's what I, that's just what I mean. Just if you, if we think about people with their jobs, you know, like just waitresses and, and craftsmen and bartenders, uh, bartenders, you know, know, AOC is a college degree, but like a lot of her work experience from what I recall is, you know, working in the service industry, waiting tables, slinging drinks. And, and I'm not going to knock it because, you know, that's a lot of my work experience, (laughs) but, um, but you know, I mean, to be fair, like, I don't know how much that actually, uh, prepares one for, uh, writing laws and representing constituents. But on the other hand, it doesn't, not prepare you it's not like anti-preparation you yeah know? <laughs> i just the the we have this in america's like especially i think we have this um this we we laud jobs that uh where where you might sweat that's pretty much like where there's physical exertion so frontline workers like uh bag bagging groceries and manly that, jobs yeah or like just people that are in contact with the public they have to move around a lot or something like that and then you think about uh like people that work in it you know like people that maintain servers for a living people that move money around for a living move money see i just yeah i am prejudiced i am prejudiced to the big burly guy that can come and fix your furnace i mean that guy is important you know thing that failed and yeah yeah, but but i'd rather hire a lesbian to fix my furnace 
<laughs> they clean up better after themselves, right? Oh, and then they have goodness. sensible shoes. I, anyway, oh I, look, I mean, I mean, we're, we've, but you we've know str- what I'm talking we, about. Well, we we've strayed we kind of from talking on about the, the impeachment. Um, honestly, I but, thought we were done talking about the impeachment. Well, I mean, just just for me, honestly, my my experience. Uh, uh, observing the world and you know actually come to think of it this is this is something my father first made me aware of is just like because of you know sexism and all the crap that women have to deal with like if there's a woman in a job whatever that job is she's probably better at it than the dudes who do the job because she's not expected to be good at it and so if she wants to you know if they if she wants to you know achieve a reputation it's like oh i guess she knows what she's doing she probably knows way better than most of the most of the men who do it so yeah really it, if you want you know, if you want someone that really knows their job uh more like you you might want like a woman or a person of color <laughs> or both yeah especially say, yeah, yeah it, like and or and especially um if uh, just, you like, want to get more for your you, you money. Wanna, you oh, want to yeah. get someone that's none. That's if you want to get more from me or Jesus Christ, Sue. Uh, <laughs> if you if you want to, um, it, like you find you find someone that's not a uh, uh, cishet white dude. <laughs> you know, like you yep. because those because you'd have to pay the them people, too much. Yeah. Well, yeah, and <laughs> and they're not expected to. Uh, did, like especially if someone's like classically or like currently quote unquote attractive oh um, man <laughs> honestly i don't think white cis white men have a very good work ethic i i, I think they <laughs> coast too much on their societal privileged inherited wealth really i i, I just don't think they make a proper contribution to society <laughs> That's a cross between your rich guy voice and that conservative from the seventies. Yeah, uh, William that, F. Buckley that, that, Jr. Buckley. 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 Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I guess I'm not doing a good Buckley tonight, but yes, no, that's, I, that is. I mean, was he rich though? Buckley, yeah. Oh yeah. Then you did oh, yeah. it perfectly. Oh, well, <laughs> I said it was a cross between a rich guy and, and Buckley, so it's the same thing. Oh, oh. Well, so I think <laughs> so over the getting getting back to to Trumpism, I think that's I think that's where the Trump appeal was. It's you know the working class, you know that feels like they've been left behind, and the working class, you know, and all the stereotypes we just talked about, you know, people who sweat, who take the shower at the end of the day instead of at the beginning of the day, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's but if you, you know look at the, it, honestly. It, if you look at the demographics of his supporters and if you look at how it's broken down by income, Trump does best amongst people who uh, I think it middle was $80,000 uh, a middle, year and upper up. Upper middle class and up. Yeah, like like yeah. like the top yeah. end. Forget how it was broken Plumbers, down on the chart I saw, but like the people – well, you know, people, you know, real estate agents, whatever. But who the, work, who the, work for a living. the people at the bottom, at the bottom of the now. scale <laughs> – the people at the bottom of the scale, the the working poor, went most heavily for Biden, and then like sort of people in the mid range went more for Biden than for Trump, and the people uh, at the top end uh, were more likely to go for Trump than for Biden. So yeah. you know the, the 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 trend is pretty clear. Like the more you're getting out of our current system, the the less you want things to change. And, uh, you know, the more likely you are to be interested in voting for a candidate of white resentment. Yeah, it's it wasn't really a 
like his his whole thing is there that he was the champion of the downtrodden or of the basically of the uh working the people class. that made too much money to no, people like the, that made too much money to get um what do you call it food stamps yeah like people that people like like the forgotten or whatever i don't know um that's debatable but the uh because they don't let us forget about them it's it's very they're very loud but um <laughs> the uh but those people weren't like those were his base those were the his loudest supporters but the people that voted for him were they had money they weren't like 40, yeah they, 47 percent of the people that voted yeah they they weren't a lot like most of them weren't you know poor or or forgotten or anything like that they had money they had jobs and they probably weren't craftsmen <laughs> so well um i mean the republican party shtick has really become it's the party of victimization and you know grievance oh God, yeah. just look know? at his defense tomorrow well, among other things, yeah, but just it's always like, oh, we're being canceled as we speak in front of millions of people on television <laughs> and, and, and so forth, you know? Two, uh, two quick yeah. points, if I could. I, we're probably coming up on the break, but one is yeah. um, no matter what happens, you know, the outcome, we all think probably the senators are not going to have enough to, to convict him. But um, I think it's a great inflection point, just like it was after Nixon, in that you're going to see a whole bunch of you know, sort of changes and thought processes about, you know, what went really wrong and what do you do about it? You know, what kind of laws do you pass? What, what, what um, guardrails do you put on the presidency given what just happened? And, and, you know, it'd be interesting to see which way we go with that. I mean, it could get worse because the next guy could do it even better than him in more sophisticated way. And then did you guys see the Hillary quote? I, I'm not on Twitter, but um, somebody copied it for me. What oh, is it? it was pretty. It, it's um, you know, it's what is it? Here, let me let me um, look it up. It was, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that the um that the facts were wrong or that the presentation was bad. Trump won't be convicted because the jury is his co-conspirators. Duh. I thought that was a great line. Pretty yeah. much, if they if they yeah. convict him, then they are saying we made a mistake. We are guilty. Yeah. Like we screwed up because we're we're removing a president that we were behind all this time. Really, if if he gets convicted, they are going to basically find seventeen senators that are either are planning to leave, or um, are in blue dis are in blue states. That's those are the people yeah. that that you can really target. Like anybody that I really wish it was, state, uh, huh? I was going to say I really wished it was more on the moral decision of what the facts are yeah sure (laughs) pull the other one it has bells on well anyway (laughs) uh, we should take our 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 halfway break here in the show so we're going to play some psa's promos and station ids and then we'll be back with more civil politics here on valley free radio in just a little bit so don't go away we'll be right back there are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases wash your hands Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov slash COVID-19. 
This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Hey, this is Wendy, host of Valley Free Radio's Subculture Music Program, featuring new wave, post-punk, indie, and electronic music from the 70s to today. Join me every Friday night from 8 to 10 p.m. here on WXOJ or stream it live from your favorite listening device at valleyfreeradio.org. And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow. I'm still talking with Jonah Roberts, our esteemed producer. Hi. And Sue Timberlake, our esteemed uh, conservative. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to be conservative today, I got to (laughs) say. Yeah. Well, it'd be easier not to be, wouldn't it? I, I I think I think I think in the sense of conservative as in caring about uh, uh, preserving our traditions and values and our 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 system of government and way of life. Uh, it's hard to be conservative right now, but it's certainly important and, important. and valuable. You know, yep. I, mean, I think you. That it's well important. To, yeah, it's yeah. important to have a, a strong opposition party. Yeah, I agree. It is. As and long uh, as they're doing it in a as long as they're making good faith arguments, which I haven't really heard from the Republican Party in like Yeah, not like, not like too many years. Yeah. <laughs> At least so Yeah. Yeah. I I I kind of agree. I I I would like to just uh before we we move on cuz we wanted to talk about um uh, yeah, uh, the coronavirus, but I I wanted to just take a moment to call out uh or to to highlight the Excellent presentation by uh, Delegate Stacy Plackett, or Plaskett, rather, sorry, of the U.S. Virgin Islands. She's she's technically, I think, part of the House of Representatives. She uh, is. She's a she's a congresswoman. No, she she's isn't. An because manager. she's one of the she's one of the impeachment managers, but she's a delegate. She doesn't actually have a vote oh, right, in right, the right. House. She doesn't get have any leverage on how laws get passed and budgets get allocated or whatever. She's basically there just to sort of uh, observe and importune on par, on the part of the people of the Virgin Islands, which is you know Rep- about twice the, without a vote. Right. Point, point of order about uh, twice the size of the District of Columbia <laughs> with only a hundred thousand people so about she uh, is a congresswoman she just doesn't have a vote okay uh just you know just want right, to make but sure her, her, i sure but her, her her title is delegate not representative yes yeah. uh still a member yeah sure and and i and i'd never heard of her before today but i'm very impressed by her i thought she gave an excellent presentation uh unbelievable wasn't it it was just yeah. terrific and yeah. I, I, I'm impressed that the that this high profile position that I'm sure there was plenty of behind the scenes jockeying to get went to someone who, well, you know, there's a certain amount of horse trading that's inherent in being a politician and being a, a legislator in any, you know, assembly, certainly the U.S. Congress. And as someone who doesn't actually get to vote on anything, uh, she doesn't really have any horses to trade. So I'm impressed that uh, she was chosen, but after seeing her performance, I can understand why uh, Nancy Pelosi and the others would uh, decide that she was the person to for this particular job. She did a great job. And I also thought she did a good job in part of, of pointing out how, okay, so here's Republican vice president, 
you know, Mike Pence being threatened by the crowd. And, you know, here he is running for his life as this police officer saves his, his life. With his family. Yeah, with his with family. With his family. And yeah. I, I, yeah. And also it, it made me, uh, it made, it definitely increased my respect for Mike Pence. Um, yeah. with whom I disagree on a huge number of issues. And I, I honestly think he's kind of a terrible person, but he is nevertheless kind of. some, but he is nevertheless someone who's like, yeah, but we have a system of government and these are the rules and we got to play by it. You know, he, he, he wasn't is trying he? to screw around. He was, he was doing his job and saying, I yep. have to preside over this counting of the, you know, this, you know, formal rendering of the electoral, electoral college vote. Even though the upshot of this is I'm out of the job, I've been rejected by the voters, which I mean kind of has to sting a bit. <laughs> well, and then that they might try and hang you on the right the first time <laughs> you know, i've seen like, a, well you know a, a, it's the first time i've seen a noose in the past like 20 years that didn't have anything to do with you know me which is kind yeah. of nice i guess <laughs> terrorize another group instead well, yeah i, I guess yeah, so you know well, at least mike pence called the national guard yeah he's the yeah. one who finally got him there yeah, because Trump would Trump didn't call anybody. But what do you think? There's any chance that that Plastic did it because she's not afraid of Trump, whereas some of the other people actually are afraid to be the House managers. No, she's a lawyer. That's probably why she's she knows how to argue yeah. things. Yeah, because people are actually afraid, right? They get they get threats. They get you know anytime somebody stands up, the Trump the Trump hordes, roving hordes, turn on them on Twitter and. You know, threatening their family and doxing them, and you know, there's a, there's a I payback think her right in now. The Virgin Islands, so that's yes, fine. yeah. Which I, <laughs> I, maybe I, she I, was safe, safer yeah, than most. I, I imagine President Trump isn't hugely popular in the Virgin Islands, which is, you know, uh, I think it's sixty to seventy percent population is black. So you know, I mean, I just don't think he's got a lot of people going. Yeah, that that Trump guy, he was really speaking to my concerns. You know, I mean, yeah. also, you know, I think the primary industry there is is entertainment. So a guy who's famously, famously terrible at, you know, paying his employees in the in the entertainment and resort business is also not going to be winning a lot of friends and, you know, and allies in. Uh, well, in, and think of how those industries are doing in this in this uh, COVID yeah. environment. So, right. Speaking of COVID. Yes. Yes, indeed. The good transition. So, so a thing I, I mentioned last week that we didn't get to uh, that Sue and I kind of have disagreement about that uh, might be profitable and entertaining to discuss in the next, you know, 15, 20 minutes or however long we've got left to the show. Um, this is where I ruin my reputation. Or, oh, or, that's gone already. Or make it. But I mean, you're you're on this crappy civil politics show with that Mike Dow guy. So clearly, <laughs> you know. I have no standards, right? <laughs> well, you lay down with, with, with a puppy, you get the fleas. You know, that's how it is. Oh, anyway. God's sake. Um, so we were going to talk about the who gets who's getting COVID, uh, the COVID who's right. getting Speaking COVID. of privilege. Who's getting the, uh, the COVID <laughs> vaccine. Yes, um, and, and in who particular, should and who should not, or whatever. So, well, please and in, take it in away. particular, uh, I believe that uh, you know there are, uh, you know, the the decision to to who should get the vaccine is uh, you know an ethical and a moral and political decision because you can't just give it to everyone all at once, 
We and we only have so we much. Have, so we have shortage. To, right. Yeah. Well, you know, and they're they're making more, but since our supplies and our our pipeline are are limited, we have to figure out where it's going to go first. And I think we all agree that step one is give it to the healthcare professionals because they're the ones who will treat us when we get COVID. So absolutely make sure that they're going to be okay. Cause that's, that's I, just, I was kind of thinking of grocery store workers cause they're the ones who fed us through this whole thing. I, I certainly don't disagree with that, but I, I think the saying like step one, the doctors and the nurses and the uh, ambulance drivers and the people who are actually going out and, and taking care of people who have COVID. Yes. Sure, they're first. Sort but, of like putting the oxygen mask on you first, and then your kid. Exactly. If you pass yes. Out, you perfect, can't put it on the child. Perfect analogy. Thanks, Sue. Yes. So, but I would You're also, welcome. but after that, uh, you know, I, I, we need to start thinking about well, you know, who's who's, you know, do we really need? Whose jobs are really important in society? Also, who's vulnerable and at risk? You know, so a lot of people with pre-existing medical conditions. Um, but I also people think people at the Super Bowl. Well, no, not people at the Super Bowl. But here's a difference. Here's, <laughs> I meant the and if you know the players, they all got shots. I'm uh, well. Uh, that was uh, yeah. I don't think that was a high priority, but whatever. You know, Tom Brady yeah. needed that seventh Super Bowl ring, so I guess we're all set now. Yeah, um, Tom Brady, <laughs> yeah, he's a really great guy. Anyway, so we um, all anyway we all agree my, they the, the, shouldn't be first. Right. right. Is that sort of what but you're saying? Yeah. The, okay. the, the particular disagreement that we were having off air that I thought would be good to, to sort of play out on air is that uh, one of the main vectors, one of the main places where COVID has really been spreading and causing a lot of harm have been in prisons, jails and prisons. Jails, of course, are where oh, people yeah. are being held before trial and prison is where people are being held after they've been convicted and are being punished. Um, and, uh, People who the guards in the jails and the uh, you know the, the the people who work in the jails they're high on the priority list to get the the vaccine, but I think that we it's a moral imperative to give it to the prisoners as well. Uh, a many of them are also going to have have pre existing conditions. There's a lot of people in very poor health in our prison systems, but beyond that. Uh, Yes, those people have committed crimes, especially, well, the ones in prison have committed crimes. The ones in jail are, you know, have been accused but not convicted, so they should probably be released. But that's the bail system. That's a whole nother can of worms. But regardless, the people who are locked up involuntarily, our society has, you know, is preventing them uh, from uh, staying home from isolating and social distancing and taking steps to take care of their own health. And, you know, we're keeping them in uh, cramped quarters uh, and uh, forcing them to associate with lots of people. They can't uh, limit uh, their activity. They, they you know, can't uh, make a lot of important decisions for themselves. And uh, because... Well, right. But because the coronavirus... Uh, doesn't care about uh, the morality of, of of a person. They only care about their, you know, how susceptible they are to being infected and then spreading it on to the next person. Uh, you know, it's it's not only is it good public health sense to make sure that these prisons don't become, you know, focuses of infection. Also, like, corona will kill people. And 
you know, if someone's been arrested for, you know, and sent to prison for check kiting or car theft or, you know, selling too much, you know, having too much weed on their person when they got arrested, that's that's not a death sentence. I don't think believe in the death penalty anyways, but I mean, you know, it's definitely inappropriate for people who have, who've been convicted of nonviolent crimes, you know, like there's all kinds of people who just, you know, the, the idea, even if you believe in the death sentence, it's just absurd to think it would apply to these people. But we're essentially saying, yeah, all right, but we're going to keep them in prison and they don't get the, the vaccine any any earlier. And yeah, if they die, eh, okay. You know, I, I just I, I don't know how we can live with that as as moral people. Um, it'd be another thing if we, you know, release them to home arrest, you know, like you've got to stay in your house and you've got the ankle bracelet and whatever. And, you know, your parole, you know, the, the you know, corrections officers will be checking up on you and whatnot. That's a totally different thing. But uh, we're keeping people locked up and at risk. And they if we're going to do that, we absolutely have to prioritize getting them the coronavirus vaccine. So that's what I, I think. I so disagree and, with you. And, and how why do you is disagree? That? Yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, can we stipulate we don't have enough vaccine? So we oh, have yeah. to ration, which means we have to do something I love to do as a Republican. Pit groups against each other. That's like oh, my favorite thing. <laughs> why, did, why is that a thing you like, though? <laughs> I mean, we're talking about that, but Jesus. <laughs> Pan Emmett Circam. It's, it's the classic Republican formula. So anyway, <laughs> okay. just to get that off my chest. Okay. Um, so if we have a shortage, Are you we not have to... entertained? <laughs> oh. I'm, I'm going to cut, a... cut your mic, Mike. All right. Please, Sue. Please oh, I continue. thought you were going to cut my mic. No, 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 no. no. You're going to cut our, our Mr. Mike. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. can cut both of your mics and just do the rest of the show myself and you'll just be like this screed on socialism. And, and what, do you, what do you think, Sue? So always my favorite thing, pitting groups against each other. So we don't have enough vaccine, so we have to decide who we're going to give it to. And you want to give it to criminals and I want to give it to grandma and, and grocery store workers first, because, you know, grandma is also trapped in a nursing home, you know, probably in more crowded conditions than she would prefer. So I I just I can't imagine. I, I grant you that it's, you know, it's it's risky for people to be in prison. I certainly would give it to the prison guards, but I would do grandma first. I would do, you know, people with pre-existing conditions course, because that's a group I'm in or older people. But I and to be honest, I don't I'm going to wait for the vaccine to see how it goes with everybody else, because as a true Republican, I like to make sure that things are tested before they're used on me. But I really I really would prefer not to put criminals in the first group. Well, let's and I. Yeah. You know, grandma, yes. Uh, Food people work in the food industry and feed us. You know, people that are driving around bringing us stuff, you know, like truck drivers. And I'm I'm saying that, I mean, I'm being a little facetious, but when I look at what society needs to function, that's where I go. So I want to have a functioning economy as much as we can have. I would love to see kids back in school. And if that means vaccinating teachers, you know, do the teachers and by all means, this is a really high priority group for me, and you'll see how selfish I am. 
I am so sick and tired of state agencies not being open and everybody's working from home and you can't register your car and you can't get a driver's license. Vaccinate the state workers and put them back in the state buildings so we all can get services. So that's my list. Discuss. <laughs> in in every uh, pretty much every state, like what who can get what and um like at what at what point do you get so at the top you have uh healthcare providers um and first responders. Below that and first re- responders I be- believe includes uh police. Um but much sure. What about their mates? Do you know if any of the states include their, well, their let's, partners? Hold, hold on. Uh, I don't know, Sorry. but we have we have first responders. Then uh, just below that, we have um, people that are in assisted living uh, places like homes and uh, retirement communities, you know, people that can't leave. Like uh, like Mike was saying, and that um, absolutely like the, like the, all the poor those poor veterans at, uh, in Holyoke who died. Yeah, uh, about a year ago now. Yeah, so we like have, absolutely they should be you know tier one B or so however you know. Then we then we below that, that then uh, they they open it up to people that are over seventy five and have or people and or people that have pre existing uh, conditions. I think it's like two comorbidities. Um, and then below that, then we're getting into the general public. Uh, so when I I want to ask you both, and since Mike went first and Sue just went, let's ask Sue <clears throat> um, the tiers. So we have, I think you agree with the first responders, yeah? Yes. Yep. Okay. Do you agree with the people in rest homes uh, being being second? Uh, not necessarily. Who should be second? I did use I did use grandma against criminals because I I put grandma well, in front of the I'm criminals. Well, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like where on yeah. your on your list? And I want to I want to ask Mike: do, Is that are those tiers amenable to you as well? Um, I think <clears throat> there there I. All right. There's certainly more than one way to look at this. I don't want to be absolutist about it, but I think. Um, we need to, uh, I think the two sort of, uh, uh, important concerns are, uh, uh, you know, practicality, uh, you know, what's gonna, you know, do the most to help society, uh, recover from this, uh, and get through this crisis as, as quickly and as smoothly as possible. And two, uh, risk, you know, the people who are most at risk of, Getting coronavirus and dying should be the people who get uh, the vaccine, uh, you know, should be up in the top tiers. So, yeah, I agree. Tier one should be, you know, people who work in healthcare, first responders and whatnot, because not only are they going to be at high risk uh, in their jobs because they're going to be working with a lot of sick people. And hurt people who might also have coronavirus. And incidentally, you know, we, we were talking about uh, uh, the impeachment and the, the you know, uh, quite a number of the Capitol police uh, came down with coronavirus after the yep. uh, 6th of January. Gee, that's crazy. Because, so, you know, well, they went tight quarters with people on. with no masks. Right. Yeah. And and yeah. they were all exerting themselves quite a bit. So mm. <laughs> a lot uh, of yelling. So in Massachusetts. So, but, but, 
Uh, oh, please go ahead. Tell us in, about Massachusetts because that's where we are. <laughs> exactly. In Massachusetts, phase one, clinical and non-clinical healthcare workers uh, doing direct and, uh, COVID, and COVID-facing care. Uh, this is in yep. order. So clinical, non-clinical healthcare workers, long-term care facilities, rest homes, and assisted living, first yep. re- then first responders. So long-term, long-term care facilities and rest homes are before first responders, then first See, responders, I'd put first responders then first. Uh, congregate care s- settings, then home-based healthcare workers, then healthcare workers doing non-COVID-facing care. Phase two, which we are now in, that was phase one. Phase two is right now, uh, and for anybody listening, if you are above 75, then you are eligible right now, no matter mm-hmm. what is go- what else yep. is going on, your job or anything. I heard that. Over I have friends that were getting uh, them. So. The, next, the next group that's going to be eligible is individuals 65 plus and individuals with two plus certain uh, medical conditions that are, that are listed on the website that I'm going to be posting. And or Full disclosure, that's, staff of low that's where I would be. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, and or residents or, and staff of low income and affordable senior housing. So, so really, what we're looking at in the first list of people and the first, the the second group of phase two, is a really a protection of people that are working with uh with the sick, the and people that are above a certain age. Um, that's pretty much that like that's what they're that's that's the focus in Massachusetts because underneath group two, group three is other workers, early education, K-12, transit, grocery, uh, utility, food, agriculture, restaurant, cafe workers. That's group three. Um, Employees across food, beverages, meat packers, sanitation, public works, vaccine development workers. They're just in phase two. Food pantry workers and volunteers, transit. uh, If you're an Uber or Lyft, driver and or delivery um mass port workers then convenience store workers then court system workers and this is all still in phase two this is all still phase two medical supply chain workers after that after the court system um so and then funeral directors and funeral workers and then shipping port and terminal workers and then group four in phase two is certain with one certain medical condition. Okay. So, and then finally we're on to phase three, which and is- And then phase three, higher education workers, including administrators, teaching, non-teaching staff, bottle beverage industry workers, and veterinarians. And that is phase three. That's starting in April, 2021. So um, so I would put uh, people- Where would you put prisoners? I would put prisoners- if we're not going to be releasing them and uh, you know to you know ho- house arrest or whatever you know mm-hmm. clearing out the the jails and whatnot and and that by the way is an option which doesn't require us to use scarce resources of you know the the still scarce vaccine so you know that mm-hmm. that's an alternative but if if we refuse to do that then I would put the prisoners in, you know, phase two, where we are now. I would put that up there, you know, after, you know, folks in nursing homes, uh, we should be vaccinating the prisoners. So after, so phase two, after individuals who are over 65. Or, um, or, 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 or in that same first group, because, okay. 
again, they don't have the option to say, no, I'm going to be careful and, and responsible. You know, they, 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 you know, they, they're stuck with breathing the air in the prison uh, and they're stuck with having to interact with who they get, interact with and they they don't get to choose where they go or when they go or what their right. uh, precise living conditions are. And, and, and like I said, we, can, we well, uh, like I said, we can send them home. And so, also, I just yeah. like to point out um, that, again, coronavirus doesn't care about anything except are you a viable target to, for infection to then spread on to the next person? And when you have people concentrated in jails and prisons, you are creating a Petri dish for lots of people to get, to get coronavirus and infect each other. And that just you know creates a reservoir of the disease and more cases and more problems. So, so either send those people home or else vaccinate them because it is – it, it is a higher risk situation, not just for them, but for the rest of us too. Okay, Mike. Um, we don't have a Done. lot of time Thank left, you. so I want to I want to go to Sue. Where do you Please. where on those phases would you put uh, not pri- not people that work in in the prison? So, um, but people that are in jails in prisons, prisoners. Like who? Where would you put the that on these in these phases? I'd, um, I'd, I'd, I think I said already, but I'm more on the, oh, I think Michael called it the practical, um, to keep society functioning. You know, I'd, I'd put the, I'd put the grocery store workers, you know, the people that are out there every day and have stayed working, the essential workers that have stayed out there, I'd put essential workers first. I would, would you put and them as, above and other then, like meat packers or uh, food, food service, like, uh, um or well food service was was essential they were the ones that stayed transit the whole thing um i would i would like probably uber do transit people? workers too i wouldn't do uber but i do mass transit because that's a crowded environment uh, and the court you know system? bus drivers court system workers that's a tough one because i do want i do want court cases to go forward i mean we need a functioning court system and and Michael, if if I was going to do prisoners, I'd only do the ones that fit in the categories like over 75, 65 with two comorbidities. I well, wouldn't aren't do they going to be already in that higher priority list regardless and be getting it sooner than everybody else? Or you wouldn't exclude right. prisoners from those, you know, a 75-year-old or whatever. You wouldn't I exclude wanna, them anyways, no, would you? I do want to say that long-term care facilities, rest homes, and assisted living facilities, that doesn't exactly mean just people that are old. Uh, that doesn't mean our elders. That do, that could mean people that are disabled as well. Yeah, that's true. They could be yep. young. They could be younger and just have a disability, and not even a physical disability. It could be a mental disability as well. Yep. And yep. they would be yeah. given the 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 vaccine before first responders. Yeah. See, I wouldn't put them before first responders. I because they're still the first responders were in phase one. There's, right. But when you were re- in, reading the list, but they are in phase one below long term care facilities. I was reading Oh, I thought you order. said, yeah, because you said clinical and then. Uh, clinical and non-clinical healthcare workers doing direct uh, and COVID-facing oh, care. Oh, LTC. Then, LTC, I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and, then and I wouldn't do care. that. I'd do first responders first and first people essential. First responders, then long-term. Um, long-term no, I'd probably do first responders, 
people in the food service industry, people in transportation that have to keep driving the buses. I do the people that have to be out there. So you in would the put the, so you put, uh, basically long-term, I mean, those people are in phase two. They're not even phase yeah, one. I'd, yeah, no, I'd move them up and I'd put long-term care with the people over 75 and 65, sort so of down would, further. You, so you would be okay. Uh, and this is the last question that, because we are, we are just approaching the end of the, the show. And we but, haven't had your opinion yet. That's killing me. I well, want to know what you think. Someone needs to keep you yahoos in check. So <laughs> the, so basically I just want to ask you both like, well, Sue, I was going to ask you the, and when you're, when we're talking about uh, giving the vaccine to people that can't avoid getting the vaccine. There's people that keep us running. What about yeah. um, people like teachers? Because we they're they're not in school right now. They're like a lot of teachers are doing long term like long distance learning. What about well, can I, what about them? Can I pit a group? Can no. I pit a group against no. them? No. <laughs> You can't. I want to know where, uh, where on that list teachers are. Teach what like are our prisoners because they cannot leave. That's what Mike is saying. They cannot leave. If teachers had stayed in the schools, I would have vaccinated them with the people in the grocery store. So and so they could stay on the job. You got to put some people in phase two. I just want to say that. But Mike, I just want to ask you, where on the list would you put? prisoners uh i would put prisoners in i put prisoners in phase two mm-hmm. uh uh higher up the the you know uh, you know fairly high up the chain i don't remember the exact order but you know as one of the early groups in phase two um you know uh, like i understand prioritizing you know the 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 healthcare workers and the you know the the seriously vulnerably sick people um, and remember, some prisoners are going to be in that category anyways, and so they'll be getting – they'd be in that, you know, phase one or or early phase two regardless. But yeah, I I, I put prisoners uh, in phase two so that uh, they – like they should be getting those, those vaccines right now. Again, assuming uh, we aren't going to uh, release them into, you know, home release and whatever – you know, which I think we should especially be doing with people who are in jail, because of course, people in jail haven't actually been convicted of anything. They're being held in pretrial detention. You know, I think as many people as possible in pretrial detention should be released on their own recognizance, anyways. But again, you know, the whole question yeah, of bail cash bail is a is a terrible thing. Sorry to, to, to leave it there. There's perhaps more to say, but regardless, it is time to wrap up. This has been Civil Politics tonight here on Valley Free Radio. Coming up next is Subculture, followed by Table of Contents and OK Asia. We'll have a podcast of this show out uh, uh, probably Sunday or Monday. And uh, we've got a repeat airing at 4 p.m. on Monday. So listen to us all over again. Uh, but that's all for now. Thanks for listening. Good night. Civil Politics is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com.